are here today to celebrate Elizabeth, and she has chosen Christ, and she's going to be baptized today, and I'm so excited for her, and this is such a happy day. When she came to me, this is my niece, and when she came and asked me if I would be the one to baptize her, I don't think people realize what that did even for me, and I just wanted to share this today real quick, because I think there are many of you out there wondering, God, do you ever hear my prayers? And the answer is yes. And it may not always be in the manner in which you think that they're going to be answered, but they are answered. And I've never shared this with anyone before today. But when I received the call on October 3rd, 2011 from my brother that he was expecting this child, I would truthfully like to say to you that I was very excited because I was not. Because what you don't understand at that time, we had already had two failed adoptions and lost a baby. And nobody in this room or anywhere even knew that my husband and I had actually for a year been taking fertility medicine to have a baby of our own without success. And so as I poured my heart out to God that day, I said, Lord, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense and it's not fair. But I still love you. I still choose you. And I still choose to worship you even if you never give me what I ask you for. So today I choose to bless my brother and his wife. And I choose to bless this child. And I began to pray over her that we know is Lizzie today. And as I began to pray over her, God just gave me a peace. 23 days later, he gave me the promise, a double recompense promise of my own child. And nine months to that date, I caught my daughter, Mia Faith, into this world. So today I celebrate Elizabeth because not only did I have the opportunity to choose to die to self and do the right thing, what God wanted to do, and bless her when we found out that she was conceived, today I get to bless her again as she starts her walk with the Lord. Elizabeth, by your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're looking to 
the sky Descending like a cloud We're standing with you now Lord, unveil our eyes You're the reason we're here You're the reason we're singing Open up the heavens We want to see you Open up the floodgates
Just your voices. Sing it out loud. Psalm 40, verse 5, O Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. How wonderful. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. How wonderful, how marvelous. Let's close out worship singing that together. Just our voices. Let's sing it as a praise. And a thank you to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Here we go. Again, Orchardville Church, what a wonderful time in worship. Amen. Amen, amen. And the Lord is good. And a lot of times in life, we need to understand that our faith journey is one that takes a long time. You can't just sprint, you can't become saved, give your heart to Jesus and just sprint to the finish line. It doesn't work like that. And over the course of the next few weeks, four weeks, whatever it's going to be, I'm not going to commit to a number, but we're going to go over Hebrews 12 and, and talk about what it looks like to have an enduring faith, a faith that's, that lasts, that stands against everything that comes up in life. That at the end of it, you can say, I'm going to see Jesus. And you're going to finish your race, all of us. So we're going to talk about that in this new series, Hebrews 12, Enduring Faith. And, and our big idea this morning is what I want to talk about is quitting isn't an option. For the believer that is sold out for Christ, a disciple of Christ, quitting is not an option for us. Amen? If you'll turn in your Bibles, obviously, to Hebrews 12, if you didn't get a head start already. Hebrews 12 and talking about enduring faith and this week it is about quitting isn't an option. 
little side note for those of you that are in Oasis. Where are my Oasis people at? <laughs> They're being shy today. Your Oasis meal is not tomorrow, remember. It is not until a week from tomorrow on the 18th for the fish fry. So just remember that. Don't show up tomorrow. We'll, actually, we won't be here. We're off tomorrow. So don't show up tomorrow. Nobody will be here. All right. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 is where we will start. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to bring your word, God. And Lord, I ask right now that you get me out of the way. And Father, that we hear from you this morning. And Father, we love you. We praise you. And God, I thank you for who you are. To all of us. And God, I know there's days that we forget that. We forget just how great you are. Remind us this morning, Father. Remind us every day of who you are in our lives. We thank and we praise you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Surrounded by witnesses. We are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to our life of faith. These are all the people, if you go back in Hebrews chapter 11, these are all the people that were described in chapter 11. This huge crowd of witnesses. Their faithfulness is a, it's a constant encouragement to us that I can do this. I can do this faith thing. I can, I can be a disciple of Jesus no matter what life throws at me because I have people before me, these witnesses to our life of faith, these people before me that have done it, they made it, and they got to the end of their race. I can do this as well. And we don't, we don't struggle alone as we face things in our race. Did you know that other people go through things that you go through? Some people are shocked by that. I would have never guessed it. I thought it was just me that deals with things. But other people go through things that we go through. And they have gone before us in this race and they've won. They've won. They completed the race, entered into their home in heaven, got to see Jesus face to face, and they did it. They're witnesses for us that we can do it too. And it's as if they... You know, in a, in a relay race, I'm not going to attempt it. I saw George did a little running in here Wednesday night, and I was shocked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so was he. I but in a relay race, it's kind of like this. Like, if I get to the end of my life, and I'm serving the Lord, and I have this baton in my hand, and, and there's a young kid in the youth group or somebody that's just given their life to the Lord, and I hand that off, like, man, I've completed my race here you go, I'm handing it off to you. And when you see relay races, I, I've coached track before, it's really fun, but you see relay races and you see them handed off and you always see something, if they have any breath left in them after running, I would not. Uh, you see something happen after they hand off the baton, they encourage the next runner. You got this, go, 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 go. That's what we're doing, that's what these people before us are doing. You've got this, go, 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 you can do this. We are surrounded by people that have made it. We've had witnesses that have made it. We've got family members that have made it and have passed that on to you and said, you can do it too. You can do this too. You can endure. You can make it to the end. And these family members and people that have went before us, our friends, they led very well for us. How many of you have somebody in your life like that? Man, I had some people of faith in my life that poured into me. Yeah, a few hands, hopefully a lot more, but you have people in your life that poured into you and they led you well and you can look back and say, man, I'm here because they prayed me through or I'm here because they led by example and they helped me hold on to my faith and finish my race as well. I need to shut up. I'm getting too excited again. <laughs> they showed us that we can make it too. Now running with endurance, it says in the scripture, run with endurance. Do you know what it takes to be a long distance runner? Me neither. Uh, <laughs> I really want to be able to run long. I just can't. How many of you are in here have been a distance runner or you are right now? Is Austin Schuster here? Chase Smith? They're up there. Chase is an endurance runner. Chase, uh, I know you're kind of quiet and my voice just cracked, uh, but can you yell out what it takes to be a good distance runner? 
Hard work. What else? Pacing yourself. Breathing techniques. Strength. You got to have something up here. What somebody said, well, you got to have a mindset that I'm not stopping. I'm going. I'm going to keep going. No matter what. My mind's telling, you know, my, my body's saying quit. I don't know why my voice keeps going. <laughs> my body's saying quit, but my mind says I can do this. And then all of this, you can correlate to your Christian walk. You have to have some strength. You have to have some mindset that I can make this. You have to have, what did you say, Chase, right off the bat? Hard work. You got to put in the work. I want to be the strongest Christian everybody knows, but I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. And it's going to happen for me. God does miracles. I need a miracle. It takes those things in our walk too of faith to be who God wants us to be, to finish our race. And it's a lifelong race. I can't stress that enough. It's not just a, I'm saved. Woo, thank you. It is over and over every single day, dying to self and saying, Lord, have your way in my life. Help me to learn from you. Help me to draw strength from you. Show me what I can do to show your love to others today. Long distance runners work hard. They build up endurance and strength. And they've got to keep that sustained effort at all times. I challenge you, if you're ever struggling, and I know we struggle as Christians, I'll be the first one to tell you, but if you're consistently struggling and you find yourself walking away from the Lord, I have to stress to you that you have to be consistent on seeking God every day. You have to. Or else you'll find yourself walking away and quitting, okay? Long distance runners have to keep that effort at all times. They also have to have great determination. I can do this. I can make it. Yeah, that was tough, but I'm, I'm still here and I'm still going. And a mindset that says nothing is going to stop me from finishing this race. You know, on race day that, that runner's clothing is really lightweight, like they wear the least amount and lightest as possible, so it doesn't what? It doesn't hinder their running. And as I was studying this and looking through some commentaries, you know people back in the day even ran naked? I don't recommend that for your faith, okay? I'm sure there was a loincloth or something, but I was, I was studying this, it's like, nothing's gonna hinder me from running this race. Do not do that. I don't wanna read about you in the paper or see it on Facebook, okay? but they didn't want anything hindering their pace and to run the race that God has for us, we've got to also strip off all the excess weight that slows us down. All the things that we're not meant to carry or we're not meant to be dealing with and, and things that we're not supposed to be doing, we've got to strip all that stuff off so we can run this race of faith. And what does that mean for a faith walk and how do we do it? Again, the scripture says to strip off every weight that slows us down. And remember, that, even, that can even mean, I talked about this a little bit last week, some of the things that aren't necessarily sinner alive may have to go too, may have to be stripped off. And the first thing, maybe it's, maybe it's who you're surrounding yourself with. This is a tough one. I just talked with a brother this week about this. This is a tough one. Who you surround yourself with has an effect on your race. Choose to surround your yourself with people who are committed to the same race that you are. And I'm not talking black and white or Hispanic. I'm talking about the race of faith. Surround yourself with people that are in that same race and aren't off doing something else. What that looks like, say this church is a track and I'm not about to run it because I'm fat and out of shape. All the way around here is my track. This is my race of faith. These right here are detours. So if I'm going along and I'm surrounding myself with the people I need to surround myself with, I'm in my lane. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but this, oh, but, but, but these people right here, they're my friends. There's some people I hang around with. You just got off the track. You just went down a way that you're not supposed to go down. And you start surrounding yourself with the wrong people. You're going to find that, hey, what happened to this track I was on? This, this, this faith life, this race that I'm in, where am I? I got off course here. You've got to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with. Make sure they're committed to the same things that you are. Make sure that the people that are around you are lifting you up and bringing you closer to God, not pulling you away. And that's tough. It's tough. It's tough sometimes. Non-committed friends are going to have a different set of values that will not line up with the race that you're trying to run. Their faith walk, God, 
Jesus, everything about that is not going to be important to them like it should be to you. You've got to recognize those things. They may be partaking in different activities that are not supposed to be a part of the course that you're running. Do not get distracted. Stay on the path that the race is run on. Another thing we have to do is strip off, it says, every weight that could also mean that I have other activities in my life that are taking the place of my race. I've got other things, again, that not necessarily may not be bad, but they're taking the place of me and God time, of keeping me close to him. They're taking the place of my focus. And when my focus should be on Jesus and the relationship I'm building with him, other things may be getting in the way of that. Maybe I'm constantly checking things on my phone. I love that Facebook and Instagram went down Monday. <laughs> Who noticed it? Be honest. You, God. forgive them, Lord. Monday, Facebook and Instagram went down for about almost six hours. And it was so awesome. And everybody says, oh, Rick, you're on there a lot. Hey, yes, I am. But I can just imagine some people around the world Whatever will I do with my time now? And I bet your, your thumb even got more calluses on it or your finger did because you kept going back. Is it back? Is it back? Is it back? And you're laughing because I'm talking about you. But what if that was a God saying, hey, take a break. Take a break. Here's some time to spend with me. And if you didn't notice it, God bless you. God bless you. But I think it was a great thing Maybe that's a weight that needs stripped off that I spend too much time or you spend too much time or we spend too much time on social media just endlessly scrolling. For good things, I want to keep up with so-and-so. For bad things, I want to gossip about so-and-so. But that takes up so much time and takes your focus off the race that you should be pouring into your relationship with God. And if you can't put it away totally, take a break. Remember this biblical thing called fasting? That's in order for you to get away from some things in your life that's kind of occupying too much time and you for to focus on your relationship with God instead. We need that every once in a while, right? Amen. These things, maybe it's video games, teens. Maybe it's TikTok, teens. That's taking up so much of your time. And all that time you're scrolling and doing these things, you have a God that's being neglected. You have a relationship and a race that you're running with him that's being neglected. That's being forgotten about. And then you come up against things and you wonder why you're feeling the way you do. Because TikTok's not going to save you. Facebook's not going to save you. Instagram's not going to save you. All those bad relationships aren't going to save you. You're going to have to put time into your relationship with God. Strip all these things off. Quit carrying the weight around that you're not supposed to in this race to Jesus. Another thing, stripping off every weight could mean getting help for addictions that are disabling you. A lot of people don't want to talk about this because everybody's got secret sins and things they deal with and struggle with. But those are things, the sin in your life, that has to go. And I know we all fall, sin, we all fall short of God's glory by sin. You know, we have sin in our life, things happen. But if it's a habit that you're doing over and over and over and over and over again, that is so much also keeping you away from what God has for your life. Sin that entangles us. Now, if, I, if I'm addicted to something or I got some sin in my life that I just can't shake and I, I keep going through it, this is what that looks like. This is our track. This is our, our track around us, all the way around the church sanctuary. We're running this race. If I got something I'm addicted to and a sin I keep going back to all the time, this is what I'm doing during the race. I'm out. I'm just watching. Just watching everything go on because I've got something in my life that I don't want to let go of. Or I don't want to let God's Holy Spirit and his power break this addiction, this chain off of me. So I'm going to choose to sit out of the race instead. That's not what God wants for your life. It's not what he wants for you. And these secret ways that we're carrying around, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's painkillers, maybe it's alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, you know what you need to do with that secret weight? 
Admit you need help and get it. Admit that you're struggling. Quit keeping it a big secret from everybody else. And admit you need the help and give it to God today. Get the help that you need. Another thing, you know, these things can be doing the, the sin in our life, the things that are hindering us, is they make us run in the wrong direction. When you see all the Christians coming this way and you're fighting your way through this way, that's the wrong way. It's the wrong direction in this race we're supposed to be running for Christ. And if the sin in your life remains unchecked, it will hinder your race. You've got to run that narrow path to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 that we just covered in 1 John 2, 15 expressed that same spiritual truth in it. Carrying this world's weight hampers our fellowship with the Lord and keeps our hearts from rising in love for him. So, and John wrote, I think it's on the screen, 1 John 2, 15, that we cannot love the world and love God at the same time. You cannot do that according to scripture. So if you come in here on Sundays or you know, maybe you get extra holy and you come in on Wednesdays too, that can't be it. And then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you live in the world and live like you want to. That cannot be the way to go. We cannot love the world and love God at the same time. Selfish attitudes, besetting sins, worldly cares keep us from getting off the ground spiritually. But when we lay them aside, we experience the joy of fellowship with God. When I can lay those things aside and say, this is not who I am. This is who I am in Jesus. I'm going to enjoy the fellowship with him on a daily basis. When we're able to do that, our life is so much better. Do you still have things you struggle with? Yes. But God, God is right there helping you in your race. In verse two, how do we overcome? How do we overcome these things that trip us up or slow us down? Verse two says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, discarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I keep my eyes on Jesus. You know what helps me? And this may be weird, this may be quirky to you. Sometimes I need to stop and I remember what he did for me on the cross. I imagine what he looked like, what all he went through, and I say, I can face this day. But then I don't leave it there. I also remember the grave's empty, that he conquered death, he conquered the grave, he walked this earth and did everything and still kept his focus on the plan that God had for him. I think about those two things, what he did for me on the cross and that he defeated all, everything that the world threw at him, even death. And then that makes me get up and say, what are we doing today, God? What are we gonna do today, God? Because if we don't remember what he's done for us, we start to forget and we start to follow our own selfish desires and things. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're to run our race with our eyes and focus on Jesus and nothing else. He's the one that we're running to. He deserves your undivided attention, amen? amen. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He led the way for us in victory already over everything we will face in this race and this life. He ran it first. He did it. He knew the joy awaiting him, so he endured the cross, discarding its shame. We know the joy that's waiting on the other side of this life for us, so endure in your faith with whatever comes up in life. Endure. Amen. Keep going. Stay strong. We have to keep the same view of the joy we're going to experience as we see Jesus in heaven. We've got we to gotta remember that. There's going to be so much joy. Anybody been happy before? Here on earth? I know it's tough right now. But there is so much joy waiting for us that it's all going to be worth it. Everything I dealt with here, everything you deal with here is going to be worth it. There's an old song that says, should I try to sing it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> you guys can sing with me. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, 
And when he takes me by the hands and leads me to the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Yes. A little throwback for you. What a day that will be when I get to the end of my, whenever that is on earth. I'm not scared of anything except snakes. <laughs> because I know what awaits me on the other side. So whatever the enemy tries to throw against me, whatever things happen in my life that, that are tough, that are difficult, I know what's on the other side. And what a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see and I walk with him. And I talk with him and I just get to enjoy the splendors of heaven because I didn't quit. Because quitting wasn't an option for me in my walk with the Lord. I overcome everything that comes my way in this race with the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit inside of me. When we get weary and we want to give up, we've got to remember that everything that Jesus went through, everything that he went through, and whatever we face in life is nothing compared to what he went through. That was the worst of the worst for a human being, and he endured it and didn't quit. We can make it. We can make it. That makes me, when I think about Jesus, when I think about the Lord, it makes me want to keep running this race. There are days when it's difficult to get out of bed and to face things, but I want to keep running the race. And I know that God's going to supply all the strength I need to be able to do that. When we get prone to, to grow weary and faint and give up under life circumstances that we face, to combat that, we have to, the scripture says right here, to focus on Jesus. I guarantee you, if you will set aside time in those difficult moments to lock in on Jesus, to spend time with him, to talk with him, to worship him, if you will do that, your strength will be increased. You will find yourself getting up and saying, I can keep doing this. I can do this. I can do this because he's given me strength. I'm spending the time with him and he's given me strength. He's restoring me. Meditating on Jesus, thinking about Jesus. Our faith increases, our strength increases, our courage increases. Here's the thing. If, if we will endure through the sufferings, the hard times with Jesus, Here's what's so great about that. If, if I'll endure suffering with him, I'm also going to reign with him. <laughs> That's something great to think about. If I will endure this stuff, if I will have an enduring faith and I will know that quitting is not an option, I'm going to reign with him. I want to be in heaven. We should not magnify our afflictions, but we should notice Jesus within them. Don't faint under the pressure of the trials and stuff you have to go through. Instead, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. As we close and the worship team comes up, if you feel this morning if you're in here this morning and you felt like quitting lately, focus on Jesus. If you're in here this morning and you're struggling and, and you don't understand why things are happening, focus on Jesus. If you're sitting on the sideline and you're not in the race right now, focus on Jesus. He breaks chains. He changes things. When he invades situations, things don't stay the same. Allow him in. And as Christians... The title for this week, remember, quitting isn't an option. How easy would it have been for Jesus to quit in, in the midst of everything that he went through? How many of us would have just, that's enough, that's enough, I can't take anymore. But he didn't do that. And we cannot quit on him. Can't quit on him. I'm going to close with a story. You may have heard of the story of John Stephen Aquari. He was a marathon runner from Tanzania who finished last at the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. 
And, and no last place finisher in a marathon ever finished quite so last. You see, he got, John got injured along the way in this race and, and he actually, dis, he fell, dislocated his knee, messed up his shoulder and he hobbles into the stadium with his leg bloodied and, and bandaged and it was more than an hour later than the rest of the runners that came in. And only a few spectators were left in the stands when he finally crossed the finish line. If you guys will begin to play, please. And they asked him, why did you continue to run despite all the pain that you were in? And his response was, my country did not send me to Mexico City to start the race. They sent me here to finish it. God did not save you for you to quit in this race of life, in this race of faith. He didn't save you for you to quit. He saved you so you could finish the race. And the attitude of John here ought to be our attitude as we grow older. There's a race set before us as we covered here this morning. And we are to keep running until we reach the finish line. There's still a lot to be done. Are you done serving the Lord? Have you run your race? If you're breathing, you're not done. He's still got work for you to do. Quitting for us should never be an option. And like I said earlier, it's all going to be worth it when we see Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Another thing, when we see Jesus, everything we went through in life while we're here right now will pale in comparison to what the glory has revealed to us. I know that one glimpse of his face is going to erase all the sorrow in my life. So I'm encouraging this morning to bravely run the race until we see Jesus. Don't quit. Don't quit. Whatever you're in the midst of right now, do not quit. And I want to leave you with this as we go into some worship and prayer time. That you, as your pastor, you may see me struggle, but I promise you today on this very stage, you will never see me quit. And I want you guys to have that same heart that we know that we will face some struggles in life, we will go through some difficult things, but your word to me is that you won't quit either. And I'm not talking about quitting on me as your pastor, I'm talking about quitting on God. Stay in the race, keep going. So as they play and we sing, if you're in the middle of something right now, you're struggling, you need some encouragement, I encourage you to come up there this morning to pray, to be encouraged. If you, just, if you don't want to come to the front, we have deacons here that'll be praying. We, we have altars that you can kneel down in and pray. And if you don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, you don't know what we're talking about, you don't know what we've been singing about, I encourage you to come talk to us and let us introduce you to the Savior of the world. So as we begin to sing and pray, don't just stand while you're out here. There's things to be done. Interceding on behalf of everybody that's in here. Pray. Let's worship together this morning.
number two here, Mike. I just want to let uh, Mitch just share real quick just a little testimony of what he's been dealing with and going through. I'd like to thank the church for praying for us in our time of need. On July 7th, I was diagnosed with COVID pneumonia. I spent 84 days in the hospital. Uh, without the prayer of the church, not this, not just this church, but all the churches, I would not be here today. I had many blessings, lots of things that, that could only be in my eyes, seen as, as a miracle. Amen. I want to thank you very much. Amen. Amen. You're the same God today and the same God tomorrow. Help me see the victory you already see. Let my faith be today. But it will be tomorrow when I've seen the victory you already see.
Yes, Lord Jesus. Amen. I just want to close with the Church of Acts. That was a powerful church. That's the church of today still. And one of the things that stands out to me about the church is they always were together. I know that's not possible right now, and we may not like that. <laughs> but they were always together, and they always met needs that pe different people had in their, in their church, in their community. You have a need for this? We got you. You got a need for this? We got you. Uh, and, and my heart is serving. I want Orchardville's heart to be serving people, to provide, to help where help is needed. To know that when you come in and you talk to somebody at Orchardville Church, we'll find a way to make it happen. We'll find a way to make it happen. And minister to needs. And we have a need. Somebody asked me just this morning. We have a need. And I, I, I think they're okay if I share it, but Sandy asked me if there's anybody in the church that can help Roger. He's coming off of, he's here today. He's coming off of COVID also. And to me, for me to talk about this is one thing, but I'm going to put it into action right here that Orchardville Church will help, that we have people that love. Now, they have a need. He wants to be able to go take an appointment at least to go get a haircut. We need somebody to drive him there this week or next week, whenever he needs a ride. So here we are, church. Fred Mooney, thank you. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm sure if I gave it that awkward three seconds, we would have had other hands go up. But if, if you're available, you want to let uh, Sandy and Roger know, like anytime you need anything, you need a ride somewhere, let them know. Because that's part of being together. That's part of unity. They should not have to go outside the church to find somebody to do something for them. None of us should. Just how I feel about it. And if, if Fred wouldn't have stood up, and you guys hopefully know my heart enough, I would have took Roger. I've rolled with you guys, some of you guys at the hospital before, I'll go. Because if I'm not willing to do and jump in, then I don't expect you guys to do it. Okay? Love you guys. Appreciate you. God's good. He's doing great things. Tell people about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.